Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Life, love, and liberty. It's Monica Matthews. Follow Monica on Twitter at Monica on Air Talk on Facebook at Monty Matthews. Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. It appears that our vice president is under fire for not adhering to the federal government's own guidelines of face masks and social distancing. And I don't know how you feel about the vice president, but I will say this. I am a fan of Vice President Mike Pence. Um, However, I feel like if you're going to... Uh, make a suggestion from the top down that then becomes a, a statewide mandate for all but eight or 11, you know, eight states in the Republic. Um, I, th- I think it would just look better if, if our leaders were also abiding by those guidelines. This is just not a good look. I'm, I am uh, a little um, as confused as the rest of you are. Some of you feel like this is this is just kind of the nail in the coffin, if you will, of thinking that the government, the federal government knows something that we don't. Uh, and judging by some of the numbers I'm about to read off to you, um, it, it could actually be the case. Uh, so how do you feel about that? You can sign off my website, monicamatthews.com, but it's definitely not a good look. I mean, vice president, vice president Pence came under fire a few years ago because he, um, has a personal constitution and an agreement within his marriage that prohibits him from entertaining the company of a female, um, without his wife's presence, and uh, the left side of the country, as well as some of the right, uh, took to, you know, pot shots about his faith. And that, that was, you know, what is that saying about women? And it's so archaic and, you know, really like get with the times. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I'm just like, well, once we offend one area of the law, we tend to offend all of it. So, you know, personal constitutions, I, I didn't have a problem with that personally. I feel like whatever works for your marriage, other people should probably just stay out of it. Um, I think it is a really good policy for uh, for people to have to one degree or another if that is what your marriage calls for if that's what you what you both agree to within the construct of your marriage it doesn't say anything to me at all that the vice president would not meet with me for lunch or coffee by ourselves it it just it doesn't say anything to me about me uh it says everything about his agreement with his wife if you're going to abide by that level of quote for lack of a gosh less trite term showmanship, then I think you should 
um, by virtue of wanting to honor your marriage, I, I think what you should also probably consider is that your showmanship uh, in the way of how you present yourself while others are on lockdown matters as well. Uh, and again, I say that with the utmost respect for Vice President Pence. I just think that uh, most of you will ask me what my opinion is on this. And I'm telling you that, yeah, the messaging is not good. It it sends a lot of different messages, which we honestly, we just don't need. Do we need another message of confusion right now? Do we? I mean, no one really knows to what extent this, um, you know, we don't even really know where a lot of this money is going right now that might I remind you is our money. According to the Georgia Department of Health, 24,876 confirmed cases as of today, 1,036 deaths. The survival rate is now 96%. It has fluctuated between 98 point something to 97. Now we're at 96 straight up. 140,000 total tests so far uh, with a positive rate of approximately 18%. Now there's an antibody test that I believe Quest Diagnostics is offering uh, here in the state of Georgia for you to go and have a test to see whether or not you carry antibodies. I don't know what to make of that personally um, because as I understand it, some people who have had the flu, depending upon the efficacy of the test. Some people who have had the flu have tested positive for coronavirus, but not necessarily had COVID-19. Like some people are receiving false positives. So testing seems to be a real issue for us. Um, Johns Hopkins reporting that over 1 million cases in the USA resulting in 58,355 deaths. Uh, this surpasses the 20-year death toll from the Vietnam War in two months. Uh, Governor Kemp's shelter at home. This is for you guys here in the state of Georgia. It expires this evening. I think there may have been, I'm sorry, Thursday night, uh, except for the medically fragile. That's 65 and over uh, that runs through May 13th. Um, I, I will say this, I, I personally, if I had an elderly loved one in a convalescent home, um, I, I, re I read a gripping story on social media just a few uh, weeks ago uh, about this young lady who was essentially forbidden to see her father. Her father was terminal, uh, hospice, I mean, all kinds of craziness. And, and, and the mother couldn't see the dad and the dad was dying by himself. And, and I'm like, okay, so at what point do you just make an executive decision that you're going to bust your father out of hospice to bring him home. He wasn't positive. No one in the family was positive. And let's be honest, even if he was positive and he was on his way to the Lord within the next week or so because of a term, an actual terminal illness, then, um, as for me and mine, um, I can tell you now I, I would have found a way to bust my loved one out of, of that environment. Um, I realize that once your loved ones are in a convalescent home, there are rules and regulations that you abide by, whether or not they can actually hold your, uh, loved ones there forever is another story. I'm going to tell y'all something, the loneliness alone of what this in and of itself, rather of what this pandemic has done to our elderly is enough to kill them. 
I'm just telling you, they've been quarantined together. Um, they, if you live in New York, you're super screwed because you have, you know, this wackadoo governor who's decided it was a great idea to just allow people who were COVID-19 positive, go to the hospital. Maybe they're out of danger of no longer needing a, uh, they no longer need a respirator, but they've been placed back in nursing homes again. How do you think they're all contracting this? And they're, these poor guys are like held hostage. I did a, a, a podcast ad nauseum on this on Monday. Um, this is, it's not right. It is tragic. I saw my own mother yesterday just for tea. And, and as soon as she opened her door, she just collapsed into my arms and cried. And she said, and she lives in her own home and she is healthy. Thank God. You know, but she's 70, about to be 77 years old and she watches the news all day and all night. And you know, all she sees is this, well, you could die. Don't go to the grocery store and be careful. And you should shelter in place. And, and, and yeah, we get it. It's, it's loving to tell people, Hey, there's, there's something out there that could legit take you out. Um, and it is my mother's responsibility to turn off her own television. But if you have elderly parents, you already know, um, how futile that argument can be. Uh, but I thought to myself, man, can you imagine how people who are like trapped in a convalescent home probably feel? They haven't seen anyone they love. If they can remember you, they definitely remember that they haven't seen you in a while. I just think it's, it's a tragedy that we are with the numbers that we have and the projections that we're given that, and I know people, no one wants to see a recurrence and some kind of a recurring up, you know, a spike or an uptick in cases, particularly with our elderly. But I'm just asking you the question, what do you think will kill them first? Loneliness and despair or COVID-19? So if there's a way for you to go visit your loved ones, I would encourage you to honestly consider that uh, masked and whatever else you need to do. The IMHE model is something that many of you follow. It was updated Tuesday, peak death day, now projected to be Friday here in the state of Georgia, May 1st, with uh, 53 Georgia deaths. Uh, The peak hospital use passed on April 28th. Yesterday, total projected Georgia deaths, 2,259 by August 4th. Nationally, they're projecting more than 74,000 by mid-June. So again, right now, we are at 58,355 deaths in the United States. Uh, There's a projection, according to the IMHE models, of more than 74,000 projected deaths. Uh, As you know, much of the country is rolling back out into being open. I personally went to go get my roots done today because they are ridiculous. So uh, stimulating my economy here in the state of Georgia and stimulating my roots. And uh, we all, you know, the the front doors were locked. You had to have an appointment. No walk-ins available. Everyone had to be masked. Everything was... Uh, sanitized. Every time you even moved anywhere in the salon, everything was sanitized. People were six feet apart. Of course, my cute little hairdresser decided in, in my picture, you can see it on Twitter, Monica on your talk that she did not have her nose covered. And had it not been a regulation and a stipulation of me getting my roots done, I wouldn't have worn a mask either. That's just me personally. I am shopping without one. I, I just, I'm, I'm really not tripped out by this thing at this point. I I do realize that people have died. I understand that. I realize that it can be serious. Um, I simply take the precautions that I would take on any other given day, probably a little bit more so now. My hands are clean. um, They're disinfected, uh, you know, but other than that, I mean, I'm not sticking my fingers in my eyes, my my ears, (laughs) my mouth, my nose, um, 
any more than I would any other time. So, you know, what are you guys up to in taking your peace back? If you live in the city of New York and you happen to be a Hasidic Jew, uh, wow, I I, got to ask you, why are you still voting for Democrats? I mean, you know, Mayor de Blasio has effectively said, we're going to arrest you. If you, if we see you gathering again, we're going to arrest you. Okay. If you're not practicing the sheltering in place. Conversely, he has said to the Muslim community, Ramadan is about to begin. And hey, by the way, we have your halal meals ready. And um, you guys are welcome to, you know, come grab those. We'll be delivering them to different places. So what is the messaging there exactly? What is that messaging? I, I want to ask you. For me personally, as a Christian, um, it just uh, stares in the, it flies in the face of, um, of equity, uh, especially in for Jews. I mean, that that's not a very equitable response. And I know that's a term the left loves to use, but it's, it's a valid term. I mean, it has valid uses and, and, and implementation. And this would be one of those. You know, where you just look at something and go, hmm, something's not adding up there. The other thing that's not adding up is how his wife, who is under scrutiny for having, I don't know, I guess lost. Maybe she just opened their bedroom window and it blew out into the universe over $800 million for um, something that she was heading up for the mentally ill. Eight Over $800 million gone. Now she's been tasked with um, heading up the racial diverse, you know, let's make sure no one's being racially profiled during COVID-19 task force. I mean, and I know there are many of you who believe, especially if you're black and you're listening, you believe that there's a target on your back, as most blacks do in in this country, which, hey, uh, is not, you don't actually, um, you come by that honestly. I, I get it. I I really do get it. But there's a whole politicized movement now. I mean, even here in the state of Georgia, it is unbelievable um, how our own governor has been accused of essentially black genocide by opening the state by famous, famous radio personalities who you have to understand are not just radio personalities. They are icons in the community. These are very trusted sources for a large demographic of the country that really doesn't deserve to be manipulated mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. Um, but they are, um, a, a large body of people who are not only black, by the way, um, but this is a travesty as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's just, it's, it, it, it goes beyond my comprehension as someone who um, values the truth of a matter and, and someone who um, values a, a judicial discernment in any given matter. And I understand the biases on both sides. You have to take those into consideration when you're talking about these things. You can't, you you can't just speak from, you know, a white lofty place of, of, you know, some white utopia that, that we live in, Uh, not, not understanding that there are very real forces that have set themselves against um, our, our black brothers and sisters in this country, uh, historically speaking and, and currently I get it, but guess what? 
there's a big force that sets itself against all of God's creation. And so that tends to be my personal focus. So when I see that Satan is gaining ground in God's creation, tearing at each other, being suspicious of each other, um, holding one in a higher regard than the other in the way of religious superiority or, you know, um, or this whole, or fear, you know, and just monetizing the monetization of fear. It's enough for me to just, God, I mean, I just shake my head in complete and utter frustration and disgust. And I know most of you do too. So these are just, but a few of the things going on, you know, in the midst of all of this right now, but I'm curious, what are you doing? How do you feel if you're not in one of the states that is slowly reopening? I see some of you on Twitter kind of voyeuristically, like the kids that are, you know, you're, you've been left out of being able to uh, go to the playground, you know, like you did something wrong and everyone else is starting to float out onto the playground. Um, yeah, I can see you all like kids looking, peering through the glass, you know, with your hand on the window, like, Hey, when do we get to come out? Um, and, and I'm, I'm giggling and I realize some of you have very real business issues where you've, you need a job. Your, your business is sunk. I get it. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be, um, trite about that, uh, or flip, but I, um, you know, but that, that's just the visual that I get with, with some people that follow me on Twitter when they see us out and about doing things here in the state of Georgia, while others, uh, including our mayor and Stacey Abrams of all people who still apparently thinks she's our, you know, mayor, uh, governor de facto, she, um, you know, running around the country talking about how dangerous this is. And it's just a, some kind of a plot against black Georgians. I mean, it's just, or Democrats in general. I mean, God almighty. Did you really think we'd get to this point of politicization in the country? So remember when a few months ago, I said, a lady asked, a friend of mine asked me, who happens to be the wife of someone who was running uh, for, in the last governor's race, and she's here in the state of Georgia. And she says to me, Monica, do you think it's going to take another 9-11 to bring the country back together? And I said, mm, no, no, I don't. And she said, oh, well, that's good news, right? Well, what do, you, what, do you, what, do you, what do you mean? And I said, no, I think it's going to take an all-out nuclear holocaust. I think it's going to take an EMP. I, and even then, I, I think there will have to be such a remnant in this country of and very few resources left where we are completely dependent upon each other in order to bring the country back together. Um, and how do I know that? You can look no further than this pandemic. Just look at how we've behaved politically as a nation and how as we are emerging from this, we are behaving. The the morality of of our patriotism is all but vanished. It has all but vanished. That should concern you. That should be sobering on some level as we move into this November election cycle. Um, Stacey Abrams, she's an interesting bird. Um, 
very much so. She, uh, you know, we it, there's a lot of fun making going on between you know Joe Biden and Tara Reid and and Stacey Abrams. And I'm bringing Stacey up because Stacey's from my state. Stacey quote served our legislature, and according to most of my friends in politics, will tell you that for the most part they they enjoyed serving with Stacey in the Georgia State Legislature for a number of years. Um, Stacey has now chimed in about uh, Tara Reid and the possibility that Miss Reid could be lying um, and that her accusation against Joe Biden in uh, the alleged sexual um, assaults or, you know, confrontations or, or whatever. I, I don't know if it's a rape. I haven't I haven't really dug that far into it that she's alleging occurred with um, the front runner, the Democrat front runner, Joe Biden. I don't know. Um, I do know that she has made some some pretty bold assertions that some there was there was sexual inappropriateness that went on um, during her time with um, with Joe Biden and working closely with him. Miss Abrams has now taken it upon herself to chime in on the conversation, all but calling Tara Reid a liar. Um, for some pe- for some reason, people want to make the connection between, you know, uh, uh, Kavanaugh and this. And, you know, we do see the disparity for sure between the right and left with regard to these accusations and the plausibility of them, right? Anyone can bring an accusation against anyone, but how plausible are they? So I think we saw that flush out perfectly in, in the Kavanaugh hearings, which was talk about a precedent setter as far as I was concerned. Um, wow. But this right here is something that, you know, I think we're all kind of anxiously, uh, with bated breath waiting to see how this unfolds with him. Um, I will say that Stacey Abrams, in my humble opinion, has an awful lot of nerve calling someone a liar with regard to any form of, um, you know, sexual, uh, crime that may have been committed against this young lady, um, or call, calling anyone a liar for that matter. In my very own state of Georgia, Stacey Abrams sat on a live debate broadcast with then gubernatorial candidate Brian Kemp, <clears throat> excuse me, and lied about supporting legislation that would prohibit it was basically an anti-gang legislation, a piece of legislation that would prohibit criminals from being able to uh, utilize cell phones in prison. It would make it harder for them to get them, right? Because there would be uh, charges and whatnot that, that went on with people who work in the prisons because we all know that's how they get them. I mean, if I told you the way that gangs get cell phones into prisons, you might not listen to my, my podcast again because uh, it's pretty vile and brutal. Um, but it happens. And so Miss Abrams sat on the debate stage in front of millions of Georgians and the world and looked into the camera and said that she supported that piece of legislation. And not only did she say she supported it, she said she supported it. And she said it with a straight face, um, with full belief that she had supported that legislation. Now, whether she supported that legislation up right up to the vote, um, and then just miraculously decided that she wasn't going to support the legislation or, uh, you know, she, she couldn't possibly use the excuse that she was absent from the vote because representative at the time, Burt Reeves, um, noted the vote 
And that was his piece of legislation that he worked hard on, as well as trafficking, anti-trafficking legislation, of which she politely excused herself from the process. And whenever it came time for the vote, um, in detail, Representative Burt Reeves tells um, the Marietta Daily Journal that Stacey, um, then representative, uh, I believe she was the um, House Minority Leader, she um, got up. And just simply left the room. Uh, no one had come to her and said, hey, you know, we, we need you to come out, blah, blah, blah. Um, no one was standing in front of her, whisking her away. She simply got up. Now, we all know that sometimes our legislators miss votes. But I'm here to tell you, it is rarely because you had a, you know, plop, plop, fizz, fizz moment. And all of a sudden, you got to get up and go. These things are... Your legislators, I mean, you've got the legislative process and you have politics. And this stuff begins way before it ever gets to the floor. So people know exactly what they're going to do. And if there's something that's that important to you, that you have fought hard to, um, or maybe you fought hard for it not to pass, or maybe your way of fighting hard for it not to pass so that it doesn't come back to bite you for future political, um, for your future political endeavors and for your rise to, you know, gubernatorial fame, um, is you just simply excuse yourself from the vote. It's basically, remember how God says, I'd rather you be hot or be cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like that when someone politely excuses themselves from the room right at the vote of something that's that important to the safety of trafficked women and children, to the safety of not only every Georgian, all 10 million of us, but how about all 328 million Americans? Because where there's one gang stronghold, there are multiple gang strongholds that branch out from there. And Georgia for sure has a criminal gang stronghold at work. Over 71,000 criminal gang members here in the state of Georgia. So Stacey Abrams has been proven to be a liar. So anything that Stacey Abrams has to say about someone else's allegations in order to prop herself and her political um, aspirations up is, is not only just in, incredible. I mean, it is just, again, I'm going to go back to Bill de Blasio. It is, um, it, it is, it's really just either below above or just so beyond my pay grade of, of, of being able to understand why, how someone operates on that level of, um, of being just, I won't say deplorable because I don't believe that things are unforgivable. I don't believe that we are unforgivable. I can't as a Christian, there's only one unforgivable sin and you lying about someone else is not one of them. It's pretty nasty though. Right. And so you wonder when the rest of the country is going to catch up with her shtick. Um, some of us have, but I, I, you know, I do not have the national platform yet that I hope to have. If I did, 
Uh, maybe Laura Ingram or Tucker Carlson would better be suited to, to take this on and bring this information to the masses. But sadly, the constituency who hides under the skirt of Stacey Abrams and others like her, Bill de Blasio, um, they're not listening to Tucker Carlson. They're not listening to me. They're not listening to Laura Ingram. You are. And you're already on board with what's really going on. So I want to encourage you as we sign off today that the numbers are going to alter, uh, vacillate. They're, they're going to shift and change because that's, that's how that works. Because no one has a real um, model because the numbers coming out of China were skewed to begin with, grotesquely so. So it is really impossible for us to see whether or not we are, you know, way on top of this or we are way uh, beneath where we should have been in mitigating this. But, you know, I, you know, it's anything under a million deaths, I think, is something, you know, that we should um, celebrate. And we certainly do not celebrate the death of anyone regarding this uh, nasty awful disease process. Uh, but when speaking in terms of mitigation and what could have been, uh, considering what I believe this to be a bioweapon was intended to do, um, I think it's fair to say that we are on our way back to some semblance of being able to get our country open again. My question to you is, what are you coming back with? What kind of hopes do you have? What are some of the things that you're going to implement that are new in your family? What I mean, for me personally, I told you yesterday, I look at my family a little differently now. And I look at my desire to live closely with my family a little differently now. I look at my food supply chain a little differently now. So, um, where are you on that? You can sound off on my open mic on my website. Uh, for those of you who are listening, who are not fans of mine, uh, who continue to send me hate mail uh, regarding uh, my professional muck up uh, regarding Mr. Judy, um, I, I want to take this opportunity to remind you that I'm cataloging all of your emails and I am submitting them to the Atlanta um, FBI office. Uh, I, I take my safety very seriously, as I would yours, um, and the safety of my loved ones. And um, I don't really tolerate abuse very well. So, and nor should you, by the way, um, if you're a sane listener. Um, but I just wanted to plug that out there for you guys, <laughs> so you understand uh, what you're subjecting yourself to by continuing to berate me and send otherwise aggressive and hostile, uh, abusive and downright threatening emails to me or my family. Uh, you know, sometimes an apology really is authentic, regardless of the skin color or what you think of that person, because of what you've been conditioned to believe about others. Okay, until tomorrow. I love you guys. Be good to your neighbor, beginning your own mirror. Remember, if you're an American, act like one. Monica on your talk on Twitter. Monty Matthews on Facebook. 
MonicaMatthews.com, iTunes, Stitcher. You can sign up all over the place to catch my daily podcasts. Uh, very easy on iTunes and Stitcher. comes right to your phone. Our podcast daily, whatever it is, you guys, Google Cast, uh, Google Talk, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, have a good evening. Take a load off. Get excited. The country's opening. I love you. Have a good night. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader, too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.